Hello, and welcome to the Emerald Games Cast, episode 53. My name is Nolan, with me is... I'm Janelle. <laughs> what are you laughing about? That sound your throat Yeah, my throat made a so weird bad. little gurgle, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and that's with me. Also, as always, is... I'm Alex! <laughs> Sorry, I had a weird little gurgle in my throat there, too. It must be contagious, jeez. Oh, no. Contagious through the microphone? Contagious. Oh, yeah, it's a computer oh, virus. Oh, Over the radio oh, waves? Fuck. Over the, the, the 5G podcast waves? Yeah. Ugh. Well, it is February 8th. As I said last week, I am going to announce the date at the beginning <laughs> every time. And uh, how are you guys doing? Well, last night we had the biggest game of all games. What game was that? The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Did you guys actually watch the Super Bowl? No. Okay. Well, I, you, I no say... one talked about making like Super Bowl food, so I wasn't oh, sure. Oh no, I was just I was I was feeling nostalgic for when I used to live with my parents that the Super Bowl was the day that I got to have oven nachos and and buffalo wings. And I loved the Super Bowl for those reasons. I'm, yeah. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. No, that's what I was kind of saying all day yesterday too. I'm only in it for the food. And since um, we are two people who live together and don't care about football, we just made good food for no reason instead. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that I used to love as a kid was I would come downstairs for the ads. And I um, was watching a little bit of a montage of different highlights from the ads the day, the day of, I guess yesterday. And I definitely had a moment where I thought, I opened my phone and googled an advertisement compilation and if that's not the the greatest accomplishment of the super bowl if that's not the best trick they ever pulled well, that's why i don't know what is watch it yeah that, that's about... sorry alex i was just gonna say that's literally every every other episode we talk about e3 and that's all that <laughs> yeah. show is right like we are so we are so addicted to advertising yeah, um, but it's, that it's a little scary. I don't know, man. For it me, funny. it's just about I'm excited for new games to come out, so I think it's a little bit different. But I want to talk about how there was a Scientology ad and how I guess there's a Scientology ad every Wait, year. What? And I had no idea. Yeah, every yeah. year. Yeah, like every. I year. didn't know there was go, one go every year. That's yeah, wild. Yeah, that's nuts. So, also, I'm just kind of sick of. I know we've said this in every capacity. Every person in the world has said this. I'm sick of this bullshit. When the world ended. We had to start coming together. Bullshit. Stop it. You know, I actually... Oh, the, the Bruce Springsteen cheap yeah. ad? That one, like all of them. I used to love that Coke ad when this all first started. You know, the one of all the families getting together and clinking glasses. And I, I think it's the one you're specifically saying. Like, it says, like, when the, when the world stopped is when we learned how to come together or whatever. Yeah. And it... We cross a threshold of, of plays. How many times you play it, it just it stops being endearing. It, it really yeah. is like, I don't want to buy Coke to solve this. I want to play video games to solve this instead. <laughs> yeah. I want to buy video games to solve this. And friends, that is what we're here to talk about today. Not the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, this is, not, this is not the sports podcast. No. I believe Emerald has a couple of them. So They do. They do. You can go listen to those instead if you're interested in sports. But Now, I know there's a big game you really like. Uh, I know that you're a big fan of Silent Hill 2. Oh, and yeah. I want to ask you how you feel about this new game that came out um, from a, a Polish studio called The Medium, mm. which is, if listener, if you don't know, it is a horror game in the vein of Silent Hill 2. Um, I wouldn't say that's like its main source of inspiration. Uh, and it is set in sort of like post, post-Soviet 
Eastern Bloc. It's pretty interesting. But what do you think about it? Because you're the Silent Hill 2 fan. Okay. We, we played a couple hours, maybe. Um. Yeah. So very early first impressions aren't great. It's... Okay, where do I start? It's beautiful. Except for the character models. The game looks really good, I think. Um, it has... a fixed perspective which is really good that is um i know it you're the most excited mm-hmm. about um did the okay. did the silent hill games have those though i mean like silent hill 2 did when yeah. you were inside of a building but not uh, when you were out, sure. out in the street so they yeah. used angles but like you parts. know like a la old games it mm-hmm. has fixed camera angles like it's not silent hill you know but it was compared to silent hill because of the way the main character experiences this like underworld type thing um which is kind of the big thing in silent hill it's done really strangely in this game i don't know that i necessarily am vibing with how it's done basically she is a medium of Mm -hmm. spirits of spirits (laughs) talk to ghosts you simultaneously there are these moments where she gets like a migraine or whatever and then you'll play in the underworld and control in the normal world at the same time as in um, literally at, literally split at the screen. Same time. like it's split screen yeah yeah oh wow is interesting and kind of it's fun but it's also a lot harder to do than you'd think and i know i had moments where my brain just wasn't like agreeing with it at all which was like it, it was kind of like the sensation i get from some vr actually i was like this doesn't work for me mm-hmm. um and also Unlike Silent Hill, I thought the underworld was just kind of lame. It's just it. I don't know. How would you describe it? Um, it it looks like the aesthetic of some of the the levels late in Doom twenty sixteen set in hell, like yeah. all of the orange sort of flaming brimstone look. But uh, the thing about that is, at least for me the overworld of the game which which again i want to say it's set in the 90s it's a little bit too early to be completely sure mm-hmm. uh but i'm gonna say it's set no, in the 90s no because they say about a decade ago the wall came down so like early early 2000s like 1999 then? i think uh, okay yeah. okay yeah. 99 yeah. okay yeah I, I always forget the the fall of the soviet union was not the same date as the wall okay in any case though the overworld is is fascinating because you're in a resort made for workers uh which of course means that it's this you know woodland like vacation resort that is is it was designed with so many corners cut and it's just full of propaganda and it's it's very it has a very interesting sense of history and decay and this idea of something that was tons of money was pumped into it and it was made into this big grand structure and then abandoned because its purpose was just sort of not part of the world anymore. And that is so much more interesting to look at than yeah. the weird hell world. But the game um, uses the hell world so much as a gimmick that it's in the t- like it's in the title card. The word medium is split in half between two yeah, colors. Right. So they want to do it as much as possible. And it's just I think like, it's cheesy and and like for example one of the first ghosts you meet in the game okay is a little i'm ready for this part girl <laughs> and what what's her name Nell? what is is it sadness it's sadness it's sadness and when she says hang on i've been waiting to say this and when the <laughs> main character is like i'm what well didn't you have another name she's like this is all i can remember <laughs> okay okay all i can recall is sadness it, it's 
it's funny just to bring up the silliness. You brought up it, hell feeling like Doom 2016. Doom 2016 is like a borderline Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> that game is like goofy and over the top. Like, is that really the aesthetic you want for your horror game? But I do want to say though, uh, the parts that have been good have been really good. Yeah. Like I, I think okay, that overall okay. my impression is very is very positive. Uh, it, I don't think so far it's been scary. But what it has been is really interesting, and it's 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 gameplay. Um, unless there's combat later, I don't really know. Right now, there's no combat. It's basically like a adventure game. You're walking around, and you know one of the tutorial areas, for example, you go, you find a a, a bowl of cat food, and it's empty. And then oh, you can go in the cupboard and find cat food, and then press A on the bowl, and, and it fills it up, and you get a little event. So that's the sort of puzzle solving we're talking about. You know, item. It's like lock and key design, basically. Yeah. Um, that's fun. One one thing I really dislike, though, and this is exactly what I disliked about Control. I <laughs> don't... This works sometimes. And I can't think of any examples where I feel like it works, so maybe it's never worked before. <laughs> I cannot stand it when a character in a game is constantly talking about while they are, like what they are doing while they are doing it. Um, I think that's really lame, and I feel like it often doesn't give the player a chance to actually consider the things that are happening for themselves. Like, that, what, like, what do you mean? Like, um, can you give me an example of like what happens in this we game? Making fun of. Can you like? Um, do you remember that one? I don't know what one in specific, but I guess the one that stands out to me is the the first time in the game that you, actually, not even the first time. It's the second area of the game, so you've already been tutorialized on how to use locks and doors and whatnot. When you find a locked door on your way into a room and it doesn't work, she will say something like, "Guess I gotta find another way in somewhere." Maybe if I look around, I'll find some way through. Yeah, and stuff, stuff like, like that. that. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, or like, yeah, like tutorializing yeah, just, it in their speech. Well, kind of, yes, but also just like it starts with um, her like adopted father having died, and her constantly talking about like these memories and stuff, which sounds endearing, but for me, it's more just like let me look at this picture that we're supposed to be looking at and kind of try to figure this out for myself. I think mm-hmm. I think why it falls flat for me um, is that it sort of reminds me of the same type of scripting as the banter that you have in an Uncharted or Last of Us game. It, it has a very like, kind of wry sense of humor, uh, but the the problem, I, I think, is twofold. Is one, that's not very well suited to a horror game. But two, uh, that type of dialogue where Nathan or Ellie are, are making quips, it, it works because they're entertaining the companion character. Yeah. Or the companion character is making fun of them. Whereas in this game, like, another standout You're one to me. You're talking to yourself, right? Yeah. It's actually, I don't even know if her mouth is moving. I think it might be internal. But there's one where, like, you uh, find a ledge that you can't reach and you find a dumpster that you can push, you know, classic puzzle. Mm-hmm. And once you do it, she climbs up and she says something to herself like, what does she say? Like, Olympic gold medal, champion of climbing dumpsters four years in a row. Yeah. Or something she's like that. She's making, like, a dumb little quip, yeah. Which is weird because she she's not with anyone and it's supposed to be scary. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, one thing, though, to not be too negative on it is that some of the puzzles are actually really interesting. They are. The one that we stopped at for the night was in that, like... So when you're in that, like underworld hellish place in the like real world she's like moving and interacting like the same exact way at the same time so if she's like talking to somebody there it looks like she's talking to them in the real world which is really cool um and so right now in the underworld part 
there's a staircase that we need to go up and in that part the staircase is like completely intact but in the real world it's collapsed so like you have to use both at the same time to solve these puzzles and like figure out where to go or yeah. like how to open doors and stuff the character doesn't doesn't have collision with things that she can see in the spirit world yeah. so it, unless she can step on it in the real world yeah yeah so interesting I, okay i am cautiously optimistic i think i will like it just fine i don't think it's gonna be what i hoped it would be i'm okay. so interested to go further just because of the um like decaying soviet architecture oh, yeah. setting is, is really really fascinating to me but if it doesn't end up working out i wouldn't be disappointed because you know if you're into that architecture you got lucky with games you got the whole metro series you got stalker you know it's a whole thing people love the decaying <coughs> soviet union it's cool it's that's cool. like it's a, a, that's yeah yeah it's yeah. a really really cool aesthetic it's, it's really sick. easy to do like cool overgrowth with and yeah so that was the that was the medium by bloober team is that right yeah, Bloober Team. And and we'll, we'll probably talk more about it. We've only played a couple hours, like we said. It actually just came out, and we've been playing on a Game Pass. But um, we might come back to it once we finish it, talk a little bit more about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's some news. As Speaking always. of decaying architecture and infrastructure. <laughs> yeah? Uh, remember that, that, that hit new gaming machine that I uh, was graciously given to me? That I talked about several episodes back. Yeah. I'm, of course, referring to the Google Stadia. Uh, Google announced a couple days ago, or about a week ago, actually, give or take, that they are going to shut down all of their internal studios and basically only have uh, third-party games on their platform. Uh, They mentioned that their two game studios, which have not released any games yet, one is in Montreal, one is in L.A., uh, are going to be shut down. A bunch of people from the Google Game Studio are all being laid off. 150. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. During a pandemic. Uh, During well, a pandemic. Well, w- worth saying. The, the the 150 developers are going to be affected by the closure. Uh, the news coverage does not specify that they're being laid off. It says that Google's going to be trying to find them new roles in the company. Um, whether or not those roles will will be better or worse or non-existent is you know up in the air but mm-hmm. okay. that's where it's at i mean is anyone surprised no yeah i kind of thought so i i was under the impression that this was going to be the long con right like it sucked now but if they held on to it and if they had built like cu- good customer relations that eventually because i think we've all kind of discussed the idea that video game streaming is going to be a thing or is an untapped potential my impression was that they were going to, like, hang on to this for a while. But yeah, it kind of sounds to me like they are just abandoning ship at this point. Am I really... Am I am I alone in having not known um, that they had studios? That's Yeah, that's the thing. They don't <laughs> know what to do. I, I thought that they were going to be sort of creating a architecture for you to play other companies' games. I had no idea Google wanted to make in-house games. I'm sure that I had read that somewhere at some point, but I didn't internalize it because they they weren't really uh, saying anything about it. And I, I guess that means probably internally this was a long time coming. It's right. probably not a surprise if you were inside that building. It's just, it's kind of frustrating because regardless of like how this turns out for the employees, Google consistently comes up with these like fancy new ideas and then drops them really fast and i just have to wonder like how many people have lost their jobs because google can't just like hold on to something 
Yeah. They're like a toddler who wants to show you all their new toys and drawings, right? And they just drop whichever one they stop being interested in. Like, have a little follow through. We were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but like, and a slightly unrelated thing, it's so weird because like, actually this might interest you two in particular, Um, the Yakuza spinoff game where you were a detective, what's the name of it? Judgment. Judgment. Judgment is coming to multiple consoles. It's coming to... uh, uh, PS5, the Xbox uh, One, and the Xbox Series X, and Google Stadia in, like, a few months. And rumor was, the reason it's not coming to PC like all the other Yakuza games have is because Google snatched up, uh, like, uh, an X amount of exclusivity rights. So, like, I don't know if this was, like, a a thing from when they thought this was going to be successful or what, but it's so weird they are just, like, abandoning these projects well they still have other deals like on the way right like the idea of launching a console without having anything exclusive to that console without having anything that really sells that machine or in this case that service is is ridiculous to me i totally thought that when stadia came out you know not not when it came out when, when it was in the lead up to coming out i thought that it was going to be a sort of streaming service like I think I think that this would actually make a lot of sense if you were paying a monthly fee like Game Pass to access a bunch of stuff for you to play on demand without having to download it. But uh, the thing where you're paying full price for these games, but you're not you're not even able to play them locally. Yeah, I I I, I, I don't. I guess, I guess the benefit would be playing games that are above what your hardware can pull off. Yeah, and and just to clarify, they do have that as an option, but the the options within that, the games you can play, are are really few and far between, right? Like they are not. There needs to be some like system sellers in there. There needed to have been like Cyberpunk on there, and then that would have sold. That would have sold like insane numbers, right? And and then of course they would have all been disappointed. But like, you need like a big ticket item with your with your streaming service, and they did not have that at all. Yeah, you know though, I, uh, people that I know who actually have a Stadia really like it. My boss really? has one. Yeah. yeah, my boss has one, and he was telling me that he's been having like a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't. I mean, it's yeah. it's AAA games that you like that without downloads. I mean, that that's a yeah. pretty good sell. I wouldn't buy one, but if I had one, I'd probably have fun with it too. Totally. Yeah. So, can you hook it up to a TV? Like Alex, could you play it on your in your living room with Wi-Fi? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I have. It's a. They give you a little dongle that uh. It also has a little, uh, H- uh, not HDMI, well it is an HDMI port, but it also has a little uh, Ethernet port that you could plug in if you wanted to hardwire it, but I think and I, thing... talk- I talked about this when I talked about my experience with it, but I'm, I'm a bit of a snob for like frame rates, and like that game being like choppy because it is streaming it over the internet, like all the different times I tried to play things, it's like, this is, this is not doing it for me, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. And that's why when I said it last time, it's like, hey, you need to have, again, big air quotes, like more casual games or like games that do not require twitch based movement because if you have a if, if you can offer like the sims or like planet coaster on there that's going to get a lot of people who may not have a super high-end pc but want to play these games i yeah. i feel like there's less of an audience for that with triple a games because you're you're preaching to the choir if they're super into triple a games already chances are they already have a machine that can run those sure that was always the problem with stuff like PlayStation Now and on live as well as there's this whole 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 genres that you are basically 
yeah. having to cut out. PlayStation so. Now is also just like generally pretty awful, wasn't it? You know, I don't know. I actually never tried it. Did you? No, but a lot of people say it was bad. It just didn't yeah. run very well at all. Like some of those games are a little bit. I hate calling things unplayable, but like. Yeah. Yeah. Am I crazy or is is PS Now? Is that on live? Like, do they do they, do they, do they buy on live? I don't know. And make it into PS. I thought we I thought we talked about this. I'm pretty sure Janelle said yes, but I don't know for oh. sure. <laughs> okay. Oops. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> why, why would you remember on live? I don't blame you. You're fine. I'm sure one listener does, and I want them to to tell us that they do. Yeah. On Twitter, which you'll find out at the end of the show, what that Twitter can be. Well, Janelle, you mentioned you don't like calling games unplayable. Um, and we don't have to unpack that now, because I think that's an interesting discussion. But, uh, what's up? Can I tell you guys something that I thought was funny? I tried to oh, Google sure. on live just now, and my phone tried to make me download, for some reason, the Olive Garden app. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're watching you... the the Sonic movie. Did you mean yeah. Olive? <laughs> Sorry, Alex, what were you saying? Uh, I was just saying that speaking of games that are unplayable, there is a game that has been quite literally unplayable for a very long time. It has been kind of the poster child of video game preservation because it is tangled up into different rights distributions. It is an, a, a beloved game uh, that people really want to be able to play again, but nobody's been ever able to re-release it. Um, but recently, due to some uh, unscrupulous black hat methods... Uh, it was discovered that there was a GoldenEye 007 uh, Xbox Live Arcade remaster that was being worked on in, like, 2006 to 2007, and then immediately, like, stopped. And they found the, like, raw file of it that was somewhere in Rare's office, because Rare was remastering it at the time, and it has been leaked online and cracked, and now it is, it is playable in an unofficial capacity. Um, I think we even talked about this on the podcast, the idea that, like, this this James Bond game will never, ever be able to be re-released. Um, mm-hmm. But they clearly tried, and it seems like they got far enough along to have a a 60 FPS version of this game running on an Xbox 360, and now your personal computer, if you manage to find the uh, the files for it. With some amazing, I mean... I guess I'm hyperbolizing because this game means a lot to me, but the screenshots of what they did with the level geometry and the texture. Oh, it's impressive. And the models, yeah. It's, it's gorgeous. And they struck that perfect balance. Okay. Listener, the link is going to be in the description here. Like you should click the, the, um, well, the link know. to the story. We're not going to share the, the thing. I'm sure you can find that if you really want to, but no, I'm, I don't mean the game, but like the, right. the, the Eurogamer article, has some before and after pictures you should go through the ones on the level with the sniper where it's snowy in in particular they struck that perfect balance in remastering where i looked at that picture and it looks like what i remember playing when i was a kid and i looked at the picture of the the multiplayer maps um there's one with the four characters standing together actually sorry it's the Ars Technica article that has the before and after is my bad there's one where it's the four multiplayer characters standing together the guy on the top right has the has the skybox behind him they're in sort of like that that metallic facility when do I you recognize first... that map yeah I do I just don't remember the name of it but when I first saw that one I I literally said like oh my god this is what this is what complex this is just a picture of complex 
but where's the after picture? But that was the after picture. It's weird how your brain does that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, that's it's, just my little side tangent. One but. of the things they said in, I don't remember which article, but they said that they had, like, ten years before uh, 303 tried this with the Halo Master Chief Collection, they had a button that would let you instantly toggle from the old models and old geometry to the new models and new geometry. So if you didn't like the way a level looked in the remastered version, you could just switch back to the old one just by pressing a button at any time. And that's, it's that, super that's, impressive. That's bound to happen somewhere with someone because like a really good example is this um, level called Temple and multiplayer that in the original Temple is, you know, like it, it looks like a temple, like an Aztec sort of or like Egyptian temple or whatever, but it's unclear what kind because it's literally just giant stacked bricks. It looks like yeah, Turok. Yeah. It looks like Turok, yeah. And yeah. then in the remaster, the the texture on the floor has this sort of like sand blown wear and tear. And on the walls, they have these carvings that resemble the paintings you'd have on those old Egyptian um, pots that we have had dug up or whatever. Totally different. Yeah, it's really pretty. Um, it's, it's so impressive. This makes me want to know where you guys are at with this. When we find out that games that people have been really excited for were being made but then didn't come out do you think it's worse to find out that they were going to because i think it's worse to find out that they were going to and that they just didn't like that just yes all hopes for it it is but here's the thing you can play this video game yeah right like it is out big air quotes legal asterisk next to it right it is out and available for people to play and and it's and it's got some it's got some weird things like one of the screenshots they used is the character looking at well james bond that's the character i don't know why yeah pierce brosnan james bond looking at his watch which if you don't know was how you access the pause menu and the, the the model for his button his like white button up shirt and his jacket are separate they're like clipping into each other and so the jet like the the shirt like clips out of the jacket it makes it look like snow camo that's just the kind of choice that makes absolutely no no sense why why wouldn't you make that one model with like a white shirt cuff on on the on the wrist i I can't explain (laughs) rare's decisions but uh sam makovich of ars technica actually tracked down like five or six separate former Rare employees, and got two of them to even name themselves, because they figured, and I quote, actually, let me pull up the quote here, uh, I'm pretty sure we're no longer under an NDA regarding it. So they just decided to talk about their experience on that game. Uh, And one of the things they said was, like, this was ready to go. We had a total of 90 bugs that we had, like, pinpointed as, like, okay, these are gonna, it's gonna launch with these, maybe we can fix them later. Like, and, and for context, that's an astronomically low number for mm-hmm, most, mm-hmm. like, major video games to launch at. It's, like, knowing that there's only this amount of things, quote-unquote, wrong with it, that's nuts. Totally. Yeah. And GoldenEye 64, you guys, it was not just going to come out in this form. Eventually, it was supposed to come out on Rare Replay, um, yeah, that got leaked that, several years ago. They had uh, documentary footage of uh, of rare people talking about that. There was just a, a lot of times that this game. Uh, there's a quote from Phil Spencer in this article toward towards the bottom, uh, possibly in the in the Eurogamer article, actually. 
yeah. He says, GoldenEye rights are so challenging. Look, looked at this many times. Lots of different parties to work with, but we've always given up. So, Nice. This, yeah. this, this, this has happened a lot. This, this game, Alex is uh, accurate when he says it's sort of like the poster child. This, and for a while, actually, the Tony Hawk games with, with their music were kind of similar, too. Yeah. I we'll we'll never that. get three and four remakes, so... Well, you might. They just will not be by uh, the studio whose name I'm blanking on. Vicarious Visions. I'm glad they did. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, Just real quick, though. Uh, They did actually pinpoint the rare employees that they were able to talk to in the Arsectica article Mm -hmm. exactly what the problem was. Because, like I said, or like we addressed, they were almost done with this game. It was, like, ready to go out the door. But apparently there was an unnamed Nintendo executive who shut it down. Reggie because the... <laughs> It wasn't Reggie. Uh, I hope it wasn't Reggie, but who knows, right? What were you going to say, no? I don't remember. You don't remember? No. Was it about James Bond? Oh, yeah. I'm glad that this game is out, technically, so that we can um, have a pretty hardcore games cast side-by-side comparison of this in the IOI James Bond cute. Yes! Hey, r- real quick, um, I don't want to get too deep into spoilers, but I watched somebody play one of the last couple levels of that. Have you Have you guys finished Hitman 3? Yeah. All, finished all three, yeah. Are you talking about... I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that, that level is... And, and the person I was watching playing it was also like, this is not a Hitman level. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But that but... level is definitely like what they sent to uh, MGM to be like, hey, can we make a James Bond game? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, that's what we were saying. Like, um, yeah. But it's like fun as hell but it's definitely not replayable which is the whole yeah point of games. but it doesn't really matter because there's so much content in yeah. that game i actually thought that was a, a a very welcome set piece finale like i had i had so much fun playing that level that one was really yeah. cool god guys um, hitman 3 so, is such a good game yeah it's it my favorite of the newer hitman games i think i really want to play it and i'm very excited for the james bond game and maybe Maybe this will this this current game will be released too, uh, 007, because there was a the, the person who leaked this said there were discussions to have this out by maybe 2022. So that'd be cool. Fingers crossed. It'd be cool if we could officially. I would pay to play this video game. You know, I I'm I'm just I'm High really price. happy what? because you what? Nolan. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was just teasing yeah. Alex because he's like I would pay for this and like yeah it's high praise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would. would. I'd buy that for a dollar. I would buy that for a dollar. I am really happy. I was all going to say is because I did not know about this until I sat down to open the document with the outline for our podcast episode, which typically Alex puts the news stories in. I didn't know about this. And I clicked these pictures like several hours ago and, and I thought about how I could play this this week. And I'm, I'm so excited. I played... Turok last year, the the Night Dive remake, in like, have you guys ever played, listener, have you ever played an N64 game, in yeah, 144 hertz, in <laughs> in, in 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 widescreen with like particle effects and bloom. It'll make you sick. It's insane. It'll it, make you sick. It almost did give me motion sickness. Those games are not made to look like that, but it's yeah. beautiful when they do. What a weird feeling. I this game this was game in a, VR, man. Yeah, this game was the same idea. This was made actually, I think, before uh, the company that worked on the Turok remakes it formally existed. 
This this game this oh, yeah. version of Goldeneye was made in like 2007, <laughs> and it was just canned, sitting in a shelf, like at the end of Indiana Jones, like height, rotting away in a this warehouse somewhere. Me, this reminds me of. Um, did you guys hear way back when? What was it? City of Heroes. Do you remember when that MMO oh, yeah. got a private server thrown up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were was... so much. Con- there were like five private servers, all like competing. One of them was like so private you couldn't even. They didn't even like tell anyone about it, and it had been well, going on for years. They didn't, they didn't tell anyone because they didn't want the company that had the copyright to find out that it, that it existed. Yeah. So it down. But I want to say it was this game, but it might not be. So somebody fact check this, but I think it was City of Heroes. Was that somebody found the source code like printed? And it had been put in a box, and someone had lifted one of the ceiling tiles and, like, slipped it up there to keep it safe. But then the company moved offices, and they didn't Um. remember to bring it with them. And then somebody else later was working, and they found it. And that's part of how it got out to the world. And it may have been that game, but it may not have been. So someone go look that up. (laughs) I This is not an official Daily Emerald opinion. I love old illegal servers. <laughs> They're so fun. I used to be really into private WoW servers because before Classic came out, there was no way to play the old content. Except oh, yeah, servers. yeah. People would make them. And damn, that stuff is just so fun. I've been playing a, uh, a mod of Team Fortress 2 that, like, removes all the cosmetic shit and, like, some of the new weapons and just makes it, like, the way it was when it launched. And it's it's amazing. It's so much fun. And, and, like, it's so... Because it's private and it's, like, kind of hard to get into, there's, like, a smaller, like, tight-knit community in that game. It's, like, mm-hmm. really cool. You will, like, recognize names and, like, people. And it's, like, I have not had a, an experience like this in a video game for a very, very long time. I love it when people are able to, like, mod and, and make games their own, you know? Especially when it's a community aspect, like Janelle was saying. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Sometimes a fun video game thing happens, and then nobody can do anything with it. Ever again. <laughs> Ever again. <laughs> because WB won't let them. Tell us the story now. I can't. I didn't read it. <laughs> 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 you're gonna you're gonna admit this on the podcast. But you did the segue. Look, I hate these games. Okay. Well, segue. you do. Yes, of course I fucking do. You love you love Lord of the Rings Lord. more than any human being yeah, I've ever heard. That's true. I do love the Lord of the Rings more than anything ever. That's why I hate these games. They're so goddamn not lore friendly. I hate them. Anyway, <laughs> WB patented Middle Earth's nemesis system. Um, someone talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so in those games. There was a really cool thing where they tried to simulate having rivalries and getting little revenge stories set up. So, like, you might have a thing where you go kill an orc in a battle, and then their friend sees it, and then their friend goes off and trains and gets stronger and has a grudge against you, and then next time you see them, they will tell you, like, you killed my friend, you know, they'll throw in the name or whatever, and then maybe they'll have a special thing, like, maybe they trained with fire magic, so they use fire spells now or maybe they're resistant to range attacks or whatever so the game was constantly uh sort of procedurally generating these special characters who would then also exist in the world and roam around so that it didn't feel like you know the typical open world problem is you have like structured main game content that's really cool and then the game feels lifeless outside Mm -hmm. of it because everything feels like you're a like a prop or everything's a prop on a stage it's all sort of 
fake. And this was a like a really quite critically acclaimed way to uh, circumvent that problem and keep things lively, even in the postgame. And they sort of expanded on it, too. They made it so that you could even recruit characters in the sequel, and then you could send them out, and they would have their own stories happen and rise and fall the ranks. And so the, Weren't the sequel characters, like, super personalized, too? Like, they were all, like... They all had, like, individual voice actors and, like, styles and, like... Yeah, and I mean, voice, of course, they, at, at, certainly at some point, like, they would have to sort of, you know, there'd be reused voices and whatnot, but... um. But, like, the, the leaders or whatever, the orc leaders. Yeah. Well, that's, even then, I mean, it's generating enough of them that you're going to hit reruns eventually. But the idea was to, to have everything be, sort of give, like, a feeling of, of uniqueness um, mm-hmm. and make you feel like you have a rival that you have to get revenge on or hunt down, you know, or whatever. But it was a big deal when it happened, and a lot of other developers wanted to sort of capitalize on, like, iterating on this idea because it just sort of feels like uh, a cool thing for the genre to tackle like you know whoever invented like the bandit camp or whatever that became something that every open world rpg uses now to 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 different effects but um this one is is not going to enter the the video game canon as something that you can do something creative with because wb has basically said they're the only people that can ever do anything with it and they've patented a game mechanic which yeah so freaking weird is kind of uh it's not quite unprecedented but it's relatively unprecedented this is not a common thing um the video game industry is like super super insular right like once somebody creates like once dark souls made its formula it became a genre but you can't do this with movies, right? I mean, you can't you can't like copyright the Dutch angle or something. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. It's like you're you're copywriting the idea of like yeah, like you said, like like a Dutch angle or like a uh, like one of those like wonky Hitchcock type zooms, which I think are called Hitchcock zooms. But yeah, this is weird. Uh, but real quick is that uh, other companies potentially can use this system. But they have to pay WB the rights to use this system. That's the gimmick. Um, and Warner Brothers has also been trying to get this copyrighted for literally years. Since 2017, they have been repeatedly filing patents with the U.S. Patent Office. And um, it since, just keeps getting since denied. 2015. Mm. 2015? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've, they've been doing this for, for a long time. And they finally, I guess, got it quote-unquote cleared. But yeah, it's 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 pretty scummy. Extremely. Uh, and by the way, if you read the description of like what it is that is patented, it's so it's so broad too. It, according to IGN's reporting, it says, "quote The patent covers a system featuring procedurally generated NPCs that exist in a hierarchy and interact with and will remember the actions of players." have their appearance and behavior altered by players and whose place in that hierarchy can change and affect the position of other NPCs in said hierarchy. What strikes me about that is that this line, NPCs that exist in a hierarchy and interact with and will remember the actions of players, It's that to me just sounds like the sort of next step that open world games in general would want to take. Right, yeah. yeah. 
that's just a very broad like advancement in technology like oh now characters in the world will remember you and what you do in the world and where does the line fall on that like if you talk to an npc in tons of games after completing a certain quest objective they will speak to you differently i i guess it does the hierarchy have to be simulated i guess is what it is i don't really know yeah. it's there has been discussion of people making like an open source version of this that is legally distinct enough to not draw attention from warner bros but you know i'm curious to see how this will happen because to my understanding there there are pretty big like multifaceted studio who would be more than willing to go after anyone who is infringing on their rights um, but this sucks. This really sucks. Nell, I'm sorry that your favorite game did this to us. Fuck I off. know. I, you love this game so much. Real quick, what's so lore unfriendly about it? Isn't it like everything You've in the middle seen... of fuck off nowhere? Um, it's, in, it's in Mordor. You have never seen the movies or read the books, which is infuriating. But if you did, it would take you two seconds to go, holy shit. Like, I, I don't even know where to begin. I can start from the beginning of the game. Next time on the Emerald Games cast, I spend an hour talking about every single Why Janelle hates Shadow of War. Yeah. It's just fucked up, man. I hate it. I thought, I thought those games were in the middle of, like, a different continent and, like, fuck no. off nowhere and, no. like... No, the game's literally called Shadow of Mordor. I thought Mordor was the planet. I don't know shit. Mordor I don't know is, nothing about these. I fucking, I'm gonna fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> Mordor is Alec, in Middle Earth. That's the whole problem. It's not like a fucking Azeroth situation. Old, old Alex, wait. Why is it lore unfriendly? Mordor is just the planet. <laughs> yeah. Here. You can do anything in Mordor. It's a big, it's a big place. Oh but the Knights of Rohan, aren't they from Bloodborne? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I I don't know anything about this IP, but I have heard actually since around this game, the time around this game came out, that this was a really cool revolutionary feature. Dude, the yeah, battle people, of... people do really like these games. They're like fun enough, I guess, if you don't consider them to be like Middle Earth games. I guess. The Battle right. of Minas Tirith, though, I gotta say, was the best episode of Attack on Titan. Okay. <laughs> I'm fucking done with this. Give <laughs> me more news. I hope not. Uh... <laughs> we don't. I'm done, so. Huh. You're donezo. You're donezo. No. You're donezo. Nolan, you did really briefly mention. I just want to bring this up. This isn't unprecedented, and unfortunately, he's right. Uh, Namco Bandai patented uh, having mini games in loading screens. So for all those years when we had, yeah. So for all those years when we had super long load times on physical hard drives before SSDs became a thing. The reason that we couldn't have a little distraction minigame in the middle of that was because Namco owned the rights. So if you and tried to put a minigame in it, they would come after you. And the reason I said that I that it wasn't, um, and you know, I didn't count that as being a precedent is because that doesn't affect, you know, overall like the game, the actual game design of what is outside the loading screen. But this one does, and that's why it stands out to me. Yeah, but even the loading, it's still part of the video game. Yeah, it's, you part, know? It's, it's, it's part of the video game, but it's separate, right? Like, if you had a game where during the loading screen you could play Space Invaders, it's like, that's in addition to your game. It's a cool bonus, but it's not the core loop of, it's not part of the loop in any way of, of, yeah. of the game, is what I mean. Whereas this, sure. it, that's it fair. sort of, yeah. this uh, sort of takes full, like, ideas off the table of what you can do so this super cool advancement in video games if wb doesn't iterate on it successfully then it's not 
gonna get iterated on by anybody which is yeah ever at all too bad because it's super common in video games for a developer to like screw up their own not even screw up but just sort of like put their franchise to rest and then it gets like these fan tributes or whatnot this is like if vicarious visions made it so that it would be illegal for other companies to let you play a level in your game while your game is downloading like you can play warehouse or whatever right yeah but like no other game can do this now i don't know it's really weird i don't love the idea of um ideas being patented personally i know i I know i'm the odd one. hot take hot take i love corporations and what they stand for so you know i'm just built different wb more like more like more like wouldn't be caught dead by one of their games. <laughs> uh, uh, one other example, yeah. the only other example I can think of, though, is uh, 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 Square like Enix several years ago. Yeah. Square Enix patented uh, uh, <laughs> ATB for a long time. Like, they owned the rights to it. Everyone else couldn't use Wait, that. Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. To what? Active turn based battle. Okay. Yeah, so when talk like that first rule of journalism you have to say the thing first because sometimes I, people don't know what the fuck you're talking about no i, I assumed you would know about that i I, I knew i knew what atb was what 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 happened uh was that ATV. i did too i was thinking of like mx versus atv untamed yeah but then i was I, thinking of those ps2 but then, games but then i thought that has nothing to do with square enix they patented a tv i thought no, wait, what if like what if like rockstar patented car <laughs> <laughs> And then you, you know, want to buy car, you must pay a rock star. And then just like the American auto industry just collapsed, you know, it just it just was reduced to rubble. Fuck. Since Grand Theft Auto owned car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grand Theft Auto owned a car. But also Disney owns car. I can see. I can see the headline. I can see the headline right now. It would be GTA thinks they own car, but. It's, it's it's grand theft ah! of the auto. Uh, Ooh, that's maybe the best possible joke to this is why round Nolan out the show on. I think. News articles. <laughs> that's why I stopped writing news articles. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I I no no. I would love to. I would love to because I could nail that if I were in charge of writing. You know reviews for okay. Just think about it. Like Sleeping Dogs. Okay, I heard this one on a uh, iGen Gamescast years ago, but I love it. They, I think I know what you're talking about. They said, Sleeping Dogs should have been left to lie. I think that's hilarious. That game was good, so it didn't work. But think of the possibilities of basing your career on puns like that. You, you know, the whole, like, Spider-Man swings onto shelves, or, like... You could work for PR for, like, Wendy's. What would I oh, do? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, write puns about hamburgers. Right? Or give us a hamburger pun. Give us a hamburger pun, Nolan. A hamburger pun? Hamburger pun. Hamburger pun, or right now. chicken nugget pun. Okay. Um, hamburger pun is... My hamburger pun is go uh, listen to Food Fumble <laughs> on the Daily Animal Podcast feed uh, when you're waiting for our episodes to come out. But until then, unless there's something else you guys want to talk about, I think that's all the news we have for today. Okay, well, fuck you. You're fired from the Wendy's Corporation. <laughs> okay. that, was a dog, that was a dog shit slogan. You I can't advertise other companies. That is a terrible slogan. To, I didn't yeah. want this job anyways, Wendy. <laughs> you just okay. said you did. I don't wow. want this. No, all I want to do is be the guy that writes those headlines. We gave you that prompt. You okay, wanted that. Okay, we gave okay. you what you wanted. 
I talked about video games. I can't write them about hamburgers. I don't. I'm not just. I'm not just like a pun did, machine. Did you not play Bug Snacks? Uh, I learned about Bunger and Bug Snacks. Yeah. Yeah. Bunger, I knew about Bunger. 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 Okay. Bunger, Bunger, Bunger. Bunger. I like him. Bunger, 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 Bunger. Uh, and just like Bunger, who aggressively chases the player, you could Bunger, Bunger, Bunger your way into our mentions <laughs> on Twitter.com if you look up at ODE Gamescast, where you can, uh, you can, you can throw a question to us and we can snag it in our in our bug snacks trap um can i you know my favorite thing in the world that always makes me just fucking light up is friend of the show francis will like tweet something about like how they're listening to the games cast and i'm like fuck <laughs> y'all are so lucky that. to like get to work with them they seem so cool yeah yeah it's, it's great it's yeah. great and i will return this statement if francis actually sucks but you know Francis does not suck. Francis. Francis. Okay, then we're good. Then we're. If you're listening right now, I I reserve the right to redact that at any time. If you're listening right now, Francis, you don't suck. Uh, That's that is an official emerald opinion, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you can email us about you know whatever the heck you want about this fucking this isn't libel. What's the other one? Slander. Slander. Yeah. No, no, I'm legally distancing myself from slander. Yeah, emerald. That's emeraldgamescast at gmail.com. Sorry, I talked over it. Oh, it's okay. Um, and you know what? Until next week, send us an essay about your favorite bug snacks character. Bunger, bunger. Bunger, bunger. Bunger, 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 Oh no! We did the recording and forgot our names. Maybe you heard the ending song start, and then the editors did that super clever thing where they like, you know, like oh edited the levels back down so our voice came back on. We forgot our names. Maybe, maybe they did that. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. My name's Nolan. With me has been Bunker, <laughs> Bunker, Bunker, and also. Wait, you wanted <laughs> you wanted to go back to say our names, but we're not even gonna say our I names. I didn't request to go back. I just said that we didn't. What's your name? I never say my name. What's your name, Alex? Barbecue Bunger. Barbecue Bunger. <laughs> okay. Barbecue Bunger. See you next week.